0: How y'all doing? How y'all doing? This is Alvin on Trying Success on the Old Fashioned Health Network, Good Health Inside and Out. Today on my Black History Show on Trying Success, I have an amazing guest. To me, he's one of my favorite historians that I found on TikTok. So I'm just going to call him Mr. Historian and I'm going to let him tell you a little bit about himself and who he is and what he do. How you doing, man? Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. Thank you. I've been glad um, Glad to be on. So, my name is Anthony Kwamu. Um, I'm an army officer. Um, I love history. I do not consider myself a historian per se because I do not have a degree in history yet. It's something I'm looking towards getting in the future. Mm-hmm. But uh, I love history, um, world history, black history, all kinds of history, um, African history. And if it's history, I love it. It doesn't matter where it's from. I love it.
0: So I, I want to tell you the, one of the things that, that got me with you that, that that made me say I have to get this man on my show And it was something that I had heard about before But there was a part that you did an interview on Where you went back and did some research And uh, you when you did the research You found out your wife uh, was in the presence of you Telling her about uh, You was telling, telling people about that That there were actually Black people were actually enslaved by other black people and, and it was it was a research that you had done on this island uh, That was a remote island that really people don't know anything about It was, it was, it was a reacquired I, I, It was an island that just was discreet And uh, you talked about that island And I was like, I gotta get him on my show Because listening to you tell that piece And how uh, we were enslaved by some of our own uh, At the hands of some of our own people that, that had us enslaved Or helped within slavery So I want you to tell me a little bit about more history that you found, and specifically about that particular. If you can remember that uh, uh, video that you've done, do you remember the one I'm talking about?
1: Yes, yes, absolutely. So um, um, going back, so I, I, I'm from Cameroon originally, and um, this is a place I grew up in. Um, this particular place is called Bimbia. It's a village not very far from where I grew up in. It's only it's less than one hour away if you from where I grew up in. But in 2000, around 2007, surveyors were um, trying to look for a place to construct a hotel in the jungle, and they came across these ruins. No one had ever seen them before. No one knew anything about the ruins. They asked some of the locals in the area, they had no idea, but a few of the very elderly locals said, yes, this was indeed a, a slave station, was a slave trading center, up to around the 1840s. So when they, um, So researchers immediately in the local university started digging into it, and there were some researchers who came from the U.S. too. They looked into it, and they discovered that, yes, this was actually a functional slave trading center. But the thing about it was that it was kept, it was very remote. It was in a very remote area. Even getting there today is quite remote. But you can't get to it today. And the reason why it was remote, it was because the chiefs were willing participants in the slave trade. There, They were actually... um, not necessarily kidnapping your own people maybe kidnapping people from other villages it could have even involved some of their own people research is still ongoing but it's one of those aspects in history that is a very touchy subject you know about uh many africans you know taking part in the slavery now this is not to absolve anyone of any blame or anything now Um, A lot of the trade was going on with the Europeans themselves being involved in it. If you look at places like nearby Calabar, you know, and many other places in East Africa, the Europeans themselves sometimes carried out raids themselves, especially when it came to the Portuguese. Um, There are places like um, all over the West African coast where villages were bombarded until they provided slaves. If they were not and providing enough sometimes they got seized themselves so that was very common but in the case in bimbia these were willing participants unfortunately and um, what uh, which often happens sometimes unfortunately but what got me about bimbia as this was very close to where i grew up and none of us knew anything about it and the reason why it was so secret is because a lot of the times the willing african chiefs who took part in that trade they had to keep it secret from their people Because this was not okay with their people There are many examples, especially in the Congo region Where people overthrew their chiefs When they found out that their chiefs were somehow complicit in the trade themselves So Bimbia, when Bimbia was closed down in the 1840s It remained hidden for about 200 years So it took 200 years for people to even know that this place even existed
0: Wow, wow When you was telling that piece, man I was like, wow, this is Not only are the research that you do but when you're explaining the history that you find, it, you so detailed and, and you so considerate and courteous that you try to make sure that when you explain the, the history that you found, that you also tell the people, this is not a reflection of this or whoever it is that you're trying to make sure that you don't offend anybody when you do tell a history. And it's just so, I, I just like the way you tell your history. I like the way you do your research. Even if it's something that I've heard or seen before, uh, you're real concerned about making sure I need you to understand why it happened and who it happened to, but this is not a reflection on anybody per se you know and you always do that and I like the way you tell you. I watch your stuff all the time when you talk about your history anyway so that that was one of my favorite ones because you told the story about how um, it affected your wife when she was hearing you talked about that
1: yes yes absolutely so uh, my wife of course she's um, black American so in 2016 um, I took her to Cameroon, so we visited Cameroon, so she could see where I grew up. And we went to this um, place, to this Bimbia slave station. So that's the first time I had ever been there myself okay. before. And when she stood there, you know, for me, it was, it was a sad just to at me. For her, I saw that, you know, it. Um, she took it differently, it was hard on her, you know, it was really hard on her. And so mm-hmm. for her to feel that um, her own people, you know, possibly did this to her you know it it was really hard so and i was standing and i just you know it was just i just felt extremely you know it was guilt It was guilt you know and she did she recently did her dna and it came by the highest percentage coincidentally of where she may have originated from according to her dna was coincidentally from Cameroon. wow you know and the fact that I grew up in that area, in that same area, my family um, lived there, it is possible that my ancestors may have actually sold her ancestors into slavery. You know, it's a really hard, you know, feeling, you know, but it, it, it's, it's that, that's where healing starts. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a very touchy subject for a lot of people. It's very deep for a lot of people. There are a lot of people who do not want to acknowledge that. There are those who acknowledge it, but still healing has to start somewhere.
0: Yeah. How do you feel about the whole thing with the critical race theory? Uh, you, well, put it to you like this. So not about how you feel about it, but the kind of history that you do, the research you do. Uh, Means to me that we need to understand history We need to understand how stuff happens And how it comes about And where it is So you'll be educated And like you said healing starts at at understanding and knowing So I appreciate the way you do The way you do again The way you do your research But more or less Let's just get into this piece right here Who is your favorite historian That makes you like history so much You, You mentioned your brother What makes you like history so much What makes you want to be so passionate about it
1: Oh, yes. I have, <laughs> I have a lot of people. So, um, I don't have my, my big brother. Um, I have my, my father. He loves history. Then my grandfather. I, I, I used to watch a lot of history, but when I was about 12 years old, there was this incident where I had to go out and play with a, with some friends of mine. My granddad was like, hey, come in here, come sit in here and watch this documentary with me. And know was a documentary called The Africans. It's done by... Dr. Ali Mazuri, he's a very famous Ethiopian mm-hmm. um, historian and he did all this, he, he had a series of videos on um, African history and that was the first time i would ever seen anything like that, you know. It took African, for me, that was the first time I saw African history that was beyond um, slavery or colonization. You see, if in Cameroon, if you grow up in Cameroon or, Min, or uh, parts of Africa, a lot of times the only history you learn about Africa is starting with colonization. Right. You come to America, history starts, or at least black history starts with slavery. But that's absolutely not the case. There was a whole lot of history mm. before all of that. So um, Dr. Ali Mazuri kind of broadened my mind with his documentaries on that. And then you also have um, um, Dr. Gates. Dr. Gates, you know, he does a lot of history beyond all of that. So he goes all the way back to ancient Egypt, to um, Ethiopia, Mali Empire, you know, a history before colonization or slavery or any of that. So those are some of my inspirations.
0: Okay. Okay. So now, so you're saying you're not a history professor yet, but you're working toward that. Are you thinking about becoming a history professor?
1: Um, Eventually, maybe. (laughs) I have have a career now, I'm an active duty Um, full-time army officer, so that gets, um, yeah, that's very, very busy, keeps me very busy, so eventually something I may look into, you know, whenever I get to leave the service.
0: Okay, so now history and archaeologists are, one is a study of bones and things like that, and then of course the history that you do is... uh, Somewhat of the same, but would you be interested in, in something uh, historic like archaeology, bones, or anything that was? Does that excite you?
1: Absolutely. Funny you should ask that. When I was in university in Cameroon before I came to the US, that was actually what I was studying archaeology. My parents did not like that. <laughs> um, so before I came to the US, my dad said, I'm not sending you to America to go dig up bones of dead animals and dead people and all that. <laughs> so it was basically, I had to give that up before coming to the U S or something that I I, I was not going to get to America. But yes, that's absolutely something I was always interested in. Mm -hmm. Um, It's something I may do in the future. It's not going to be as a professional archaeologist, of course. Um, It's probably going to be as an amateur. You know, there's a lot of history, especially where I grew up, that needs to be um, discovered. Mm -hmm. Lots of it everywhere. Even here in Texas, new, you know, while if I go to the Alamo all the time, they keep making new discoveries every single day.
0: So if you had in a particular part of the country that you would like to just really start more of your history research, where would it be?
1: Oh, without a doubt, um, two places. Um, Mali in the Timbuktu area and okay. Ethiopia. Okay. Mali and Ethiopia. Mm-hmm.
0: Wow, why, why those two? Um,
1: there's a lot of, I'm very interested in African history because a lot of it has not been explored. Mm-hmm. Um, Mali, um, the Mali Empire, I'm not sure how familiar um, your listeners are with it, but it's one of the, it was one of the largest empires in its day. Right. And there is a lot of history behind it that we just don't know. There are a lot of manuscripts. From the city of Timbuktu, there are hundreds of thousands of them that have been discovered that they were hidden for a long time for various reasons. But they've just been discovered. They are now coming up into the open. They are being preserved digitally and physically. They are opening up, building up museums for those. And nobody—they they are so extensive that no one has really taken the time yet to study um, everything that's in those manuscripts. There's a lot of learning to be done there. It, there's progress being made, but there's just way too much knowledge in there to right. be done overnight.
0: Yeah, I, I there's a young lady that does a lot of history on Molly, and uh, and and just listening to some of the stuff that she tells, it would be quite interesting to watch and hear you go and do more in depth research because she tells a lot of stuff uh, about Molly and that I'm like I didn't have any idea about that's relatable to the United States, and so yeah, I would be really interested in, in uh, seeing you do do that kind of study. That that would be great. So now, history for me, a lot of people think history is a a boring thing. It's like, especially when you're in school, it's like, I just can't get, you know, the history classes in school weren't one of my favorite until as I got a little older. So have you, do you think that you developed this history, love for history because of your parents or do you think uh, your family or because you just have always had had it in you? Because, of course, you want to study archaeology. Do you think that's just it's just inquisitive and you do you always want to do this?
1: I, I think it was, it, it was my upbringing, what I was exposed to. Mm-hmm. You see, when I grew up in Cameroon um, in the 1980s, we did not have Disney, we did not have 24-hour TV or any of that. So we had what was available to us. <laughs> and what was al- available to us a lot of times were textbooks, you know. So I, I was still at home and my brother at the time, I, I was a lot younger, my brother at the time was about 10, 12 years old. And the things they'll be talking about with their friends, 10 year old kids. And what they discussed about, they'll be discussing about, hey, um, how good is Margaret Thatcher, a politician, as compared to Ronald Reagan? Because that's the only thing they knew. Those are the the only, you have Newsweek, instead of having Disney books around, the only things that were around were uh, Newsweek magazines or sometimes textbooks. And they'll be asking themselves whether it was wise for Hitler to invade Poland in 1939 or, you know, various things like that. So, I, I, yeah, so uh, of course, when your yeah. big brother talks, you listen to your right. big brother. When you converse with your fr- with your friends, you listen to them. You know, right? right. So it, it was just my upbringing as far as what was available to me, and of course, we only had one TV station at the time, and of course, on TV they only had about fifteen minutes of cartoons every day. The rest of the time was world news or documentaries. Mm-hmm. So I grew up watching a lot of that. I kind of grew up. Uh, it kind of I kind of grew into that.
0: Okay, so. Do you, think that, do you think that as far as history is concerned now versus the history that we, the, the way we approach history now as, as opposed to the way it, it um, used to be, when you, when you, when do you think that history is sought after more now than it used to be? Because to me it seemed like people hadn't always been concerned about history, but now all of a sudden everybody's like concerned about history.
1: Yes. I, th- I think it is. It's, a, it's quite exciting, actually. You said, I only started um, TikTok about four or five months ago, mm-hmm. you know, because a friend of mine got me into it, you know, he'd been trying to for a while, so, hey, get into history. Everybody is now doing history. And I know you like history. So get into it. So I did one video. People liked it. And then I did another and another. And so that's how it all started. Yeah. So definitely people are more and more into history. You said, I was a history teacher in Georgia. Before, okay. before I got into the Army, um, yes, in um, Douglas County. So I taught for six years. I taught history, geography, and economics in a um, middle school and literature for about um, six years. So I could see the interest students were developing in it. And, you know, some may have found it boring, but ma- majority of, I had a lot of my students who said, wow, you make history interesting, Mr. Kwamu, you know, and I think, Social media has done that a lot nowadays because right. you have a lot of creative people on social media who are right. taking very mundane historical topics, bringing right. it to social media, right. putting your personalities into it, and making it extremely interesting right. for people. Yeah, you know? that's
0: yeah, that's yeah. that's what I was just intrigued by yours, and it's just like the images and stuff you come up with in the places. Like, why? It's like you take you almost just take people to the place when you're talking about. It. It's like you're really good at that, man. I hope you. I hope you. <laughs> Uh, continue to go with it Thank you I will be Thank interested you. In you getting into A little archaeology Although you know Pops may not think That's a good thing but, but you're really good At the whole history research So I hope you get A little bit of that in there Thank,
1: Thank you. you Thank, Thank you. you
0: So let me ask you this Do you believe As far as history is concerned How old do you think History actually really goes back Everybody go back to a- to BC And all that kind of stuff How far Do you think it's older Than what we even actually know about history?
1: Oh, that's that's way beyond my pace. To be. I mean, if you if you go back, you know, from what the scientists tell us, you know, I can only tell you about what I read and right. you know, what the scientists tell us. Earth is about four billion years old. Right. Um. According to scientists, humans have only been around for about four hundred thousand years. Right. You know, starting with um, the Neanderthals, early men, and Homo sapiens, and all that. Right. Um. So, but as far as written history is concerned. You know, I'm thinking about 10,000 years back with the Sumerians and maybe a little bit later after that with the Egyptians and everything. Right. But of course, um, if you're talking of written history, yes, it only goes back as far as we know. Um, as far as history with humans, you know, I guess I'll be from creation. When when humans came around, if it's just history, history because history doesn't always have to involve humans. Exactly. You know, studying um, dinosaurs and ancient animals and plants is a form of history. So I suppose I'll go all the way back to creation. Do you collect? So, but there's always a lot left to be discovered. Every day, new things are being discovered. You know, with new um, scientific techniques and archaeological techniques.
0: Now, do you collect any type of historical uh, artifacts or anything? Are you? Do you collect paintings or anything like that?
1: I collect um, a few. I have a few artifacts, especially when it comes to military history. That's what I that's I really really enjoy military history. Okay. I mean, especially I have a thing for um, for states that do not exist yet, or countries that used to exist but no longer exist. For whatever, I have some from Katanga province um some coins from there that was a a, a small state in congo that existed in the 1960s after it was all from biafra um from south vietnam south vietnam is one i've actually visited there once Uh, one of my favorite topics in history the whole vietnam war i think i'm from indochina Um, I'm looking at even collecting some um, items. A student gave me a a bullet from the Confederacy as well. One of my students back in the day, um, a Confederate bullet, you know, for states that used to exist but no longer exist. Mm -hmm. Um, And, uh, yeah, so I try to collect as much as I can. Have some ancient original photos from Cameroon in the 1920s, you know. The collecting sometimes can be pricey. You can see something you really like, but your bank account will not really like it. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: yeah. this this is a, the, the last question I asked you about. How do you think history and religion inter- intersect? Do you think they intersect at all? Or what's your thoughts about
1: that? Yes, absolutely. You, you cannot do history without religion. History is shaped a lot by religion. Actually, history, my opinion, history is shaped by war warfare and conflict and majority of conflict in human history has to do with religion yes of some sort for the most part. Absolutely. So history and religion, they kind of go, ahead ahead. I'm not saying it's good or it's bad. It's just what it is.
0: Just what it is. You know? Okay. Man, thank you so, so very much. Is there anything else you would like to share with us this, this for this Black History Month? Is there anything you would like to just leave us with before we end this?
1: yes um I, i'll just say um history you know I, th- this is for anyone who's listening in america and anyone who's listening in africa I mean, history goes beyond just um for black history goes beyond just slavery and colonization you know history uh, history started way before that you know um I actually just wrote, I'm not sure if I can talk about that, a book I just wrote. Yeah, yeah. If it's okay.
0: Hey, man, if you read a book, I definitely need okay. to know about this book. Please tell us about the book you wrote, how we can get it.
1: Okay. I just got published it. It's called The Red Monk of Roha. Okay. Um, It's actually set in, I'm actually releasing a TikTok on it on Friday. It's set in Ethiopia, in the 13th century, in medieval Ethiopia. Okay. And it's about a, it's just about a monk who, he's a monk by day, but at night he's an avenging monk. It's a revenge story. Um, and um, it, it's set in the 13th century in Ethiopia. Now, you may hear Ethiopians, say, oh, wow, that's weird, why Ethiopia? But it's one of those things in history that I like, say we don't, you know, we don't know a lot about our history. We keep looking at our history, only starting with the 1400s or 1500s, you know, colonization and stuff, no, our history goes beyond that. Take Ethiopia, for example. If I tell you that Ethiopia was among uh, the first countries on the planet to adopt Christianity as a religion, Mm -hmm. yeah, some historians say it was actually the first to make it an official religion. Well, that's all for debate, but it definitely adopted it in the fourth century AD. Um, If I tell you that, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Lord of the Rings. If I tell you that part of Lord of the Rings is based on Ethiopian history, just a part, not all. There are parts of Lord of the Rings based on Ethiopian history. Absolutely. Or if I tell you that coffee was just brewed and grown and exported out of Ethiopia. Ethiopia is what gave the world coffee. And the best yeah.
0: coffee, actually. I did, yes. did see that. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. And you've ever heard of the largest underground churches in the world? Mm-hmm. These are called the Lalibella churches. Okay, uh, They were built about eight 900 years ago. They were they are in Ethiopia. So, so Ethiopia has a very very rich history, and to top it off, Ethiopia is among the ten oldest countries on the planet. So they have had a civilization going back to about um, 1,000 BC. Wow!
0: And they're not they're not colonized, are they? Are
1: they? It was the only country in Africa never to be colonized. I thought so because yeah, yeah. I'm not sure if you has to be a civilization, but they were able to actually fight. Uh, Italy tried to colonize Ethiopia. but actually defeated Italy in several battles in the end. Um, Italy just gave up and no other uh, country found it worth its while to uh, worry about Ethiopia.
0: Wow. Do you have like a uh, um, um, social media page or something where you can find your book or how can you find out about this okay. book?
1: Um, yes, you can go to redmonkbook.com
0: Okay. Red- Red Monk.
1: Is, that, red is, Monk it R-E-D-D is it redmonk.com? E
0: D D or R E? How's it spelled?
1: R E D, like the color red.
0: Okay. Okay. Because okay. the title
1: of the book is The Red Monk got, of Rohan. Can
0: Roher. you hold the book up? You got the book there with you? Yes.
1: Give me one second.
0: Okay. I want to see. I'll one get one. it.
1: Yeah. Okay. I'm not.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, no, we can see it perfectly well. Wow, mm.
1: and it is inspired by actual events.
0: So, so this book is going to end up being on television. They're going to make a television. <laughs>
1: show. I can
0: already tell. We'll you. see. So he's a, he's yeah. marked monk by monk by by day and a, and a revenge at
1: night and avenging. Yes, absolutely. So yes. basically, by day he's bringing salvation with the Bible, but by night he's you know exacting vengeance with the sword. Wow. And there is a whole story behind that, you know, it's a little bit of vigilante judges of justice, but he's trying to protect those he's um, come to care for. Practically, he was a soldier. Uh, He was a soldier, betrayed, left for dead, in order to survive, he escaped, became a monk, but then old enemies resurface and start threatening those he's come to care for. And the only way he can protect those people he's come to care for is to pick up the sword at night and try to do some justice. So
0: listen, I'm I'm gonna order that book, and I order it on Amazon as well, or on your website, right?
1: It's on Amazon. That link will take you to Amazon. You can type it on Amazon, and you can just type in the Red Monk of Roha book, and it will take you to it. It's also available as an audio book, okay. ebook, paperback.
0: Okay, so here's the deal: I'm gonna order the book, and I'm gonna read it, and then I'm gonna get. I want to, I want to interview you again specifically on this book, okay?
1: Okay, absolutely.
0: Man, thank you so very much. I really, really appreciate it. And keep doing what you're doing because I personally watch all your history stuff.
1: Oh, That's thank, you. thank you. you. So
0: keep doing what you're doing. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for being on the show.
1: I appreciate it, Alvin. Thank you. Anytime. And I love your show. I'm going to um, continue looking into it. I started looking somewhere into it, but, you know, thank you. Keep doing what you're doing, sir.
0: I will, man. Thanks. Have a good one. Absolutely. Bye. Bye.